uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. Data security is a key concern for all organizations. As we become more and more reliant on technology solutions, ensuring that these systems are protected is even more critical. SIP or Session Initiation Protocol is essential for most forms of voice over IP or VoIP communication. So how secure is SIP and how can organizations using SIP ensure that they protect their business calls and networks. Well, today I am joined by an expert in the field, Peter Cox, who founded UM Labs. UM Labs specialize in real-time communication cybersecurity, and Peter himself has decades of experience in the field from working on the first iteration of modern firewalls, application security, and now specifically focusing on real-time communication and SIP-based applications. I wanted to talk to Peter to find out more about some of SIP's inherent vulnerabilities, some of the attacks it can be most vulnerable to, but most importantly, to find out how organizations can protect their systems. I started by asking Peter why he had highlighted SIP as a real focus area for enhanced security solutions. Have a listen. Well, really, it was looking at the market for other applications. If you look at the way that markets for web security products and email security products developed, they were clearly adding value over and above standard firewalls. And if we look at the protocols, yes, SIP itself, it really is quite complex. And complexity always hides vulnerabilities to attack. And a fairly quick analysis of uh, the way SIP applications were working showed me that there were a whole ton of, um, in many cases, unaddressed vulnerabilities. And a lot of deployments really were not at all well secured. So SIP effectively is, is, is essential for, for voice over IP communication. Is, is SIP in itself insecure or is it just, as you were saying before, that, that the level of complexity creates lots of different vulnerabilities? What are some of the reasons behind why SIP is potentially vulnerable? Well, firstly, SIP is doing a lot more than things like, uh, like, uh, like web. If you think about the way you use uh, web services, you have a browser on your laptop, you connect to the browser, you get information back. Email is quite similar, though it may not seem so at first glance, but your email client will connect to your server and retrieve your email. When you send an email, your email client will connect to your server and send it. SIP is different. If you think about the way a phone works, somebody calls you, it rings. You don't have to start up an application and see if someone's calling you. So your, your client, your device, be it a hardware phone on your desk, an app on the smartphone, is both a client and a server. And that really makes things much more complicated in terms of security. The other reason is that because of that, the protocols that drive these applications are complex. We talk about SIP, but there are actually a number of related protocols. And if you dig under the hood, you find something called SDP and RTP, which are all involved. And I think it's a final point, an interesting one. If you do a very quick count of the number of standards documents relating to SIP, you'll find that I think there's about 150 at the moment. If you look at something like web or email, the number is much smaller. So just the number of different features and options and ways of implementing SIP do add to the, uh, the security risk. So so from, from your experience, what are... What, what are some of the main threats? Because obviously you, you see this on a day-to-day -day basis in, in, in customers that you're helping improve their security. What are you seeing on the ground in terms of uh, genuine threats and, and examples of sort of real-world security issues for SIP? 
Well, there are a number. Starting at a very simple level, there are a number of denial of service, DOS attacks and DDoS attacks that that SIP is vulnerable to. In fact, if you really dig into it, there are two different categories. SIP, because it's an IP application, is vulnerable to all the standard DOS attacks that we see for every other application, the kind of things that a general purpose firewall would be able to block. The problem is, though, that SIP is vulnerable to what I would call a higher level or an application level set of DOS attacks. To give you a couple of examples, it's quite simple in many cases just to terminate a call. By sending a single SIP request to the right place, a call will terminate. It's equally easy in many cases to stop a phone from receiving calls. Both of those are very effective denial of service attacks. Standard DOS protection, like firewalls, for example, is never going to detect those because as far as the firewall or other DOS protection device is concerned, this is one request and it looks valid. Moving on, there are other threats stemming from that because most SIP traffic and most calls today are implemented in a way that uses unencrypted data on, on IP networks. They're quite easy to eavesdrop, particularly in something like you know, a public Wi-Fi hotspot. If you extend that idea to someone using phone overseas, there are certain countries, and it doesn't take much imagination to think of where they are, where maybe you wouldn't trust the local phone provider not to listen into your calls. And this is certainly a problem in defense and government and even industrial areas where the information you're transmitting is very, very useful. There's a lot of value in trying to listen in to um, information exchanged over, over phones. SIP makes it easy. Going on from there, and I think largely because in many SIP implementations, the installation standard is actually quite poor. There's a whole raft of password recovery and directory harvesting attacks. If you look closely at the way your network is operating, every device on your network, every email server, every web server, and of course every SIP device is being probed constantly by SIP attacks. And while we see your web server and your email server, just ignore it, they're not relevant. They're just quietly dropped and nothing happens. But what this means is that if you put a SIP system on the internet, you know, our research has shown that within eight hours, and probably actually less, more like six hours, it will be found by an attacker. So unless you've got good protection, the attacker will then move on to scanning your system, trying to find accounts with no passwords or weak passwords. And once an attacker's found uh, an account like that, you have a problem. What the attacker then typically does is move on to what I think is one of the currently biggest problems, which is the problem of call fraud, basically using your system to call his own numbers at your expense. And his own numbers really are, are normally something like a premium rate number where he gets a share of the revenue. So all he has to do is get some innocent victims to dial his numbers and he collects the revenue at the back. So there's a real financial incentive for attackers to go after SIP systems and there's a real problem for any SIP system that's not fully protected. But Peter, from, from your experience, do you think, and I know you deal with sort of customers on a, on a daily basis about this, and I suppose it varies by industry vertical. Do you, do you think that organizations are, are aware of the level of threat posed to, the, to their SIP systems? Or, or is this something that people are becoming more akin to? They're beginning to become more aware of the problem. But in general, the, the awareness is fairly low. I think one of the issues is that 
SIPs spans historically what were two separate departments, the IT departments and the telecommunications department. It's taken a while for the realization to dawn that moving real-time communication to an IP world from an historic um, closed phone network really changes the, the, the state of vulnerability. So people aren't aware of that, and that's why they're putting in systems without uh, adequate protection. To give you a real example, one fairly well-known system integrator, obviously I won't name, installed a phone system in a, in, a, in a hotel in the UK. They didn't think it was important to put passwords on all, all the handsets. Within a couple of days, that system was attacked with a call fraud attack. And over a weekend, because these attacks typically happen out of office hours when no one is monitoring what's going on, that fraud cost the hotel £56,000 over a couple of days. Wow. Another example, this one was in Europe, an attack, slightly different approach, cost €400,000. It's a lot of money. So you really do have to make sure your security is adequate. Uh, and what can, what can people do? To, oh, obviously, that's, an, that's the area that you specialise in. What are the, the best practices to, to ensure SIP protection and security? What, what, what can people do? Well, number one, I think, is to recognise that there's a problem in the first place. So really understand, and hopefully you know, podcasts like this one can, can help spread that message, that SIP does need to be protected. You need to plan security from day one. So if you're migrating to SIP, if you're switching from ISDN to a SIP trunk, for example, bringing that into your IPPBX, then think about security. But most importantly, make sure that you use security products and services designed for the task. And fundamentally, recognize that there are lots of different levels where SIP can be attacked. The IP level, where the threats are shared with applications such as web and email, but also the application level, where some of the simple denial of service attacks I mentioned take place. Other attacks, you know, password guessing, directory harvesting take place. And then finally, there's the media level, the content level, where your confidential information, which you, know, you spend a lot of money to protect your databases, but then pick up an insecure phone and discuss that information over an audio or video call, can be going over an open connection on the internet where anyone can listen into it. So you have to select security products and services designed to protect at those levels. And don't assume that because your firewall is doing a job protecting your email server, it's going to do the same thing for SIP. It almost certainly will not. Well, well Peter, it's, it's fascinating talking to you and, uh, and hearing more about the, the potential for, for SIP security and, and how businesses can best protect themselves. So for the meantime, thank you so much for, for joining me in this brief podcast. Thank you, Patrick. It's been a pleasure. Huge thanks to Peter from UM Labs for coming onto the podcast with me to explain more about SIP security. UM Labs work with some of the industry's leading providers to ensure that their systems are protected against SIP's vulnerabilities. So if you want to find out more, you can go to um-labs.com or follow them on Twitter or LinkedIn at UM Labs. Also, if you want to find out more about what other areas of the industry are doing in regards to security, then you can head to our website at uctoday.com and find articles on IoT device security, call and contact center data security, and loads of other specific areas too. That's it for today's episode of the UC Today Out Loud podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe and leave a nice review if you can. Thanks for listening.